astrologer, a clairvoyant, and a thought leader, and I started this podcast to have eclectic and impactful conversations about astrology as well as all things spiritual and personal development. And we are back with an interview on Magic of the Spheres. I had this conversation in late October with a new friend, Melissa Schwimmer, who I met on my last visit to LA, and I was very enchanted by her fun, spirited energy and her clear passion and depth of knowledge for all things food. I'm getting this interview uploaded just as Sagittarius season is coming to a close. Melissa is a Sagittarius sun, and you will likely feel it, not just for her offering us bigger perspectives and education, but in her encouragement to indulge in the good life, which is Sag life and Jupiter as it comes. In this episode, we talk about shifting our mindsets around food and opening to a joyful relationship with food coming out of perhaps being more contracted or stressed out about it. Keeping in mind Uranus is still in Taurus, we are all, I believe, due for continued breakthroughs around our relationship with Earth, resources, nourishment, the body, eating, and food, and I hope this episode supports you in getting sensual and delicious in your life. There is a guided meditation from Melissa at some point in the episode. Give yourself a treat and really go into it. I had such a cool experience with it myself. And on a personal note for you guys, I secured the visa to move to Greece. I was working on that for five months. It was honestly an initiation. But as I was waiting for the visa news longer than anticipated, I began to, you know, the, the plot thickened. I began to unexpectedly grow roots in Portland, where I currently live, and decide that I love it here. So... A longer, like, multi-month trip to Greece is still calling me in the near future, but I don't think I'm full-on moving anymore. Even though, of course, the vision of full-on expatriating and just, like, living a Greek life (laughs) was so exciting. I learned so much from this whole process. Like, I would have to really unpack it or storytell to, like, really convey how much of an initiation it was to go through that process. Um, to try to do something legal in a foreign country, like a legal bureaucratic process. Um, But I literally only came to enjoy Portland as much as I have because of the alchemy of holding this Greek dream. You know, I was getting confronted in my wanting of something so far away that inside of, you know, having this big dream and then a life that wasn't fully matching up to it, you know, I have a lot of Pisces placements so that... This is something I talk about like when there's a chasm between a dream and reality that Pisces is working to bridge the realms. Anyways, inside of that, I'd ask myself like, well, I'm here now. How can I enjoy myself? And I set some things in motion and things started to happen here. Like things started popping off. I started to form community more locally. And honestly, if the visa news came a few weeks sooner, I probably would have packed my bags. Like, that's the poetry of it, the timing. Uh, I saw a psychic reader actually 
um, one of the Aura Photo people in Chinatown in New York City, around the time, like days after essentially that the Greece move was seated. And that was when I was in New York City to look for housing because I thought I was going to move to New York. But then jet lagged, 7 a.m., sitting outside of a grocery store waiting for it to open. I had the thought, maybe I should move to Greece instead. And then it detonated inside of my consciousness. And that was it. I was not going to live in New York. I was going to live in Greece. I (laughs) announced it to social, um, even though, you know, sometimes I like to talk more about things that are actually done than processes. Um, But yeah, then the psychic reader without knowing all this (laughs) told me that I'm kind of all over the place, hopping from one part of the world to the next, but that very good times are ahead for me. So at the moment, I'm not exactly trying to pack up and liquidate my apartment anymore, which was the original plan, even though I got the visa, but who knows. At the moment, I feel like I have two homes here in Portland and then soon again in Greece. And if that's not a Gemini icy kind of life for me, you know, if you know, you know. Anyway, that was what I wanted to share with you in terms of a personal update. Um, I still am really excited about it. I worked I worked hard. I had a great lawyer, too, in Greece help me with it. Um, and now I know how to get a visa to live in another country. Cool things that we learn. Anyway, um, a little bit about Melissa before we begin and get into this episode. Melissa Schwimmer is a celebrity private chef, food and product stylist, and holistic nutrition coach in Los Angeles. As a personal chef, she works with her clients to create healthy and delicious meals. Her specialties as a chef are cooking for specific dietary restrictions and allergies, creating healthy versions of comfort meals, and focusing on local and sustainable foods. Melissa was featured on episode one of Best Leftovers Ever on Netflix, where she showed off her ability to create a delicious and exciting dish made from leftovers. As a food and product stylist, she has worked with for brands such as Food Network, Harmless Harvest, Rouse, Sun Potion, Lady M, Grubhub, and so many more. In her coaching practice, Mel uses holistic healing techniques alongside energy work to help her clients feel their absolute best and cultivate healthy habits with food. When not working, you can find Mel at the local farmer's market saying hi to every dog and dancing about the city, admiring the urban plants and animals. And I'll just add, like, you can definitely feel Melissa's deeply charming and fun presence on social media also. Um, I had such a good time meeting her, and I can't wait to spend more time with her the next time we're in the same place in the world. So go ahead and enjoy our conversation. Thanks for tuning in, and find us on social and... Um, share your thoughts with us after you listen. Hi, everyone. I'm here with Melissa Schwimmer, who I met in a really cool way on my recent trip to um, Los Angeles. Our friend Tova was having a vision board party and invited just like a bunch of awesome people. Um, We got to this point where we were all like uh, hot seat coaching, like one person at a time. Um, And this is where I was starting to see that you have this like deep well of knowledge around food, uh, um, but not just food, but also like our relationship to it, um, rewriting narratives about our relationship to food. And it just so happened that that time period, I was doing all of this preparation and research to teach about this astrological archetype, which relates to the harvest and our relationship with food. So um, 
it was a cool synchronicity, but welcome to the podcast. Um, tell us a little bit about yourself and your work with food, um, how it began for you, anything you feel like sharing with us. Amazing. Thank you so much for having me. Um, so I'm Melissa Schwimmer. I am a private chef and holistic nutrition coach in LA. Um, I kind of started in not food and just made my way into that route. It felt really natural to work in food and I never understood why. Um, like my parents were great cooks. I went to school for art and art history. I like thought I was going to be a gallery owner. Um, and my first job out of college, I was a cheesemonger. So I was like slinging cheese, talking about meats, like, you know, selling pastries and sandwiches. And I just loved it. I loved being around food. I had such a like an innate curiosity about like how to make things and how to make flavor combinations and like what went into making a cheese. Um, and from there, I just kind of fell into food styling. I was working for corporate, um, doing like all big name brands. Um, after that, you know, culinary producing for a show on Food Network. And then that was all in New York. When I moved over to LA, I was like, I want to change. Something doesn't feel right. I know I love food, but I don't necessarily want to, it doesn't feel aligned. None of it felt like super aligned. And so when I came over to LA, I started private chefing and I was like touching the food with my hands and feeding people. And I would see how excited they were to receive food and to like be nourished because, you know, LA is busy. We're all so busy. Um, and it's, it's often hard to spend time to cook for yourself and to feed yourself. So to be given that nourishment is, is incredible. It's, it's life-changing. And for me, feeding people and nourishing them is like of the utmost importance. And now as a holistic nutrition coach, I kind of, you know, took my, my private chef practice into that route, which feels the most aligned because I get to work with people, not only to like just feed them, but to teach them how to feed themselves. And I think that to me is, it'll change the world because when you deeply nourish yourself, it's, it's self-love, it's a practice and like loving yourself and treating your body with respect and whatever you put into your system, you can also put out into the world. So I love what I do. I am so like, I'm feeling like it just becomes more and more aligned every day. And I'm so, I'm so grateful for me falling into this. I so know what you mean about that excitement around being nourished. I feel like my favorite cuisine I've decided recently is like the things that people make at retreats, like the retreat chef. Yep. <laughs> Basically. Um, because yeah, there's just such um, intention and and artistry about it. And it's definitely some of the best meals that, you know, I have. Um, and of course, you know, when I really make the time to cook for myself, I can impress myself, but I don't do it <clears throat> every day. Um, something I found really impressive about what you're doing too, is that you like do everything. Like it's like the food photography <laughs> is high level. You do like personal chef, you do like retreat cooking, you, um, teach people also about like how to relate to their food. So it's like, this is very like multidimensional, um, the way that your like expertise around it has, um, gone into different parts of the work. So I loved that. 
Thanks. Yeah, I definitely feel like a food witch. Like I just want to infiltrate every aspect of it. And if I can make things look beautiful where people want to engage with their food and then also teach them about the nutrition around it and then also how they can do it for themselves and like have these practices around food. Like I just love having my hand in a million different things. It's very much like, as you know, like in astrology, like it's written in your, like in your mapping. Like I feel like it's very much ingrained in me to do everything all the time. Um, and also everything in the food space. Right. And for our listeners, you know, since this is an astrology podcast, you're like a Sagittarius sun and, you know, Sagittarius relates a lot to, um, like education and higher knowledge and wisdom. And it's also ruled by Jupiter. And there's like a very broad minded, like holistic or like philosophical element of Sagittarius. Um, and so that like into the subject of food or cooking um, and that picture of like how broad or like far reaching your experience and knowledge is with it. Um, but just for context for people listening, if you feel the Sagittarius energy throughout this episode, um, <laughs> So when it comes to like people being excited about their food, um, what do you see happen with people like in terms of that relationship going from a place of it being a challenge to it becoming like a place of flourishing? Like what are some of the things that people tend to struggle with? Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of like like pain and like negativity around food, like from our childhood, like, you know, I have, um, I've had eating disordered and disordered eating. And so a lot of women specifically also struggle with that. And so food becomes a source of contention. Like we don't, we kind of like are scared of it. And then there's also like, as an adult, like aside from that, we also are just super busy. And so it becomes like, oh, this is now a struggle of how I can feed myself and cook for myself. And it's just like, I don't have time for this. I don't have time to shop. I don't know how to shop. I don't know how to make a grocery list. And it just becomes super overwhelming. So there's multifacets of how food can be a struggle and are overwhelming. Um, and what I do through my coaching is I just try to implement like very small, like very tangible things that you could do in your day to day to start making food pleasurable and to not have it stress you out and to not be like this like fear or like sadness or whatever negative emotion you're, you know, associating with your food. Um, and I just try to implement those things. And like over time, we start to rewrite those narratives and we start to see like, oh, it's not that scary. I just needed somebody to kind of show me how to not be you know, fearful or stressed or whatever is going on in your head around food. Yeah. It seems like there's such a relational and communal aspect to food. I think of nourishment as something that has like very early roots in, you know, being taken care of and that we're not, we're like born in this way where we're vulnerable. Like we can't survive on our own and we're like literally fed and taken care of. Um, and then I think food to me always has that kind of early, like root to it of nurturance and sustenance um, and connection and relationship. I feel like sometimes the thing that would get me the most like disenchanted or like having struggles with food is just feeling like um, there's not like meaning in it. Like I'm just eating mm -hmm. like mechanically or something. Yeah. And Which, that's, yeah, sorry. Oh, just that like, you know, to make it beautiful and to make it like high level and whatnot 
it would be nice to eat with community. Or I think a lot of people also cook better, you know, when they have someone to cook for. Um, I've gotten to a place where I can like cook really well for myself, but it's just kind of interspersed with all these other things I'm doing and creating. And so I notice, like, yeah, having finding ways to make it more consistent or easy to like make good food. And right now the thing that's helping me is just batch cooking, basically. Like when I am yeah. cooking, making sure I cook a lot so I can save some and freeze some so that when I'm busy, I have something that's really delicious that I can just make quickly. Um, so that's been a breakthrough. Um, but I was excited for this conversation because this has been kind of up for me. I'm just like, how do I want to relate to food right now as like the season is changing and I'm starting to crave like some like heavier, maybe like stews and like soups. Um, but yeah. Yeah. That's a big, no, that's just, that's perfect. I think you're, you're intuitively, you know, assessing the seasons and how your body is feeling. And I think that's a big tenant of growing your relationship with food in a really positive way is eating seasonally, eating intuitively, putting your mind into it, having community support. Um, these are all facets of like making food a really beautiful thing in your life. Um, and I, I firmly believe like my whole energy, my, my excitement is around regenerative, sustainable, local, like supporting farmers, like eating with the seasons, like nourishing your body the way in which like the seasons want you to. So like if it's fall, we're in October right now. Um, we, there's persimmons, there's squash, there's hearty, like vegetables. It's all because it's, it's cold. It's getting cold outside. The seasons literally want us to nourish and ground and root. And like, they're just, they're flourishing at this point. So when you eat intuitively, knowing that it's getting cold out, your body's going to respond in such a beautiful way. And I think that creates, it creates fun around food too, because you can be creative with what's in season. Like, I live for farmer's markets. They're my favorite thing in the world. And my practice, my self-love and my excitement is going to a farmer's market sometimes three times a week because I'm insane. But, you know, it's fine to go once in a while. <laughs> um, but going to the farmer's market, seeing what's popping up and just picking it out and creating something completely new with it. And I think when you have like that kind of uh, that task of like, oh, what's new? What can I create from it? It, it kind of creates like a game and it makes it more approachable and fun. Um, so I'm all about eating seasonally, as you talked about, and like listening to your body, as you also mentioned, like just checking in and being like, what do I need? What do I want right now? Um, and allowing that to be the route you take to your meals and what you eat and create. Yeah, and I'm proud of definitely... you for batch cooking. <laughs> Thank you. I'm proud of me for that. Um, yeah, it took me a minute to learn about, I mean, things like Ayurveda or like different, um, just like frameworks to kind of understand like the temperatures of food or like the mm. different qualities of it and why with, you know, certain things work in the seasons. But then there is this very intuitive part of it where it is literally just the food that is sprouting up and is at the farmer's markets, um, which is sweet. You know, it's like nature is actually just like uh, producing what is on time for us in that yeah. moment. And it's like, She's just like remembering here you that. go. Yeah. Um, and there's something, yeah, very connected about that as opposed to just kind of having um, like an abstract idea of something to eat um, yeah. versus what's there. 
A hundred percent. I just, I think like going back to like also the community, like if you struggle with like shopping for food or like, you know, making a meal, do it with community. Like, I think that's such a big facet of it also. Like you can take a friend to the farmer's market or to the grocery store or to a meal out in the world. And like, as soon as you start to like hang out with your friend, like drop into the food you're eating together. Like maybe you're eating like steak and French fries or like some beautiful cauliflower dish, like talk about it together be like oh my god this is amazing this is what it feels like in my mouth this is what it looks like and that's another way to like use your community and like connect with each other and also connect with your food you're bringing that food in instead of just like mindlessly eating you're really being present with your food as well I think that's such a big part of enjoying your food and getting excited about it and having your body respond to it as well I love that you bring that in um just like the kind of enthusiasm and like positive feedback loop, it sounds like with food of just like talking about it or like having fun around it um, and the intention um, behind that. So I think like some of my favorite food experiences are cooking with people I love and like enjoying the meal so much together and just like being in the, being in the sensuality and enjoyment and gratitude of that. Um, Coming back to what you were saying about like, food narratives and making food fun or pleasurable like how do you um how do you introduce that like what are some of the ways that people can begin that process so like being present with your food I think is one of the biggest parts of that is like really like if you're going to eat a meal sit down take a few breaths if you have time for a meditation all about that but you know obviously if we're just incorporating like new practices that's like a little bit higher level of getting into it but just really tasting the food that you're eating and like thinking about what it makes you feel how does it feel in your mouth how does it feel going down how does it feel after you've eaten it just like really being present with your food is such a big part of that um Like, does it evoke any memories? Like, what are you hearing out in the world? And just really being super present with everything that you eat is such a, an easy way to like drop in immediately with your food. Um, Also just creating a practice like regularly around it. And like, if you just super don't have time and maybe you have like an hour a week, use that hour to just like really be present with your food and enjoy it to its fullest. Like, I think, the biggest thing is um, like somebody will be like, oh, I really, I have a craving for a donut, but I don't want to eat it. I'm like on this diet. If you really just eat that donut and sit there and like put it in your mouth and like get the the glaze everywhere and feel what it feels like and like just really enjoy the ever loving shit out of what you're eating. And don't put any like, oh, I shouldn't have this. If you like go into a food with like, I'm going to live for this. I'm going to enjoy every mouthful. It's going to feel so good. Not only will you create new narratives around food and like make it a really um, easy way to incorporate these foods without like feeling, you know, bad about it. Like you can have it every once in a while. We love an indulgence. I'm all about it. Um You can also um, just slowly over time make that food okay. And also when you eat with pure intention and excitement, your digestion works better. 
So your body will actually, you're chewing slowly. You're enjoying all the flavors. Your body's like, oh, we're happy. We're like calm. We're not like in fight or flight. It will actually improve your digestion and like you'll feel better overall. These are some sacral chakra codes, you know, because I feel, uh, <laughs> I know you mentioned in an earlier conversation that that was like a chakra that had lit up for you as like, pay attention to me. Um, yeah. And yeah, my understanding of like that energy center, there's a lot of connection between pleasure and like, or likewise shame as something that can block pleasure. Um, yeah. But also just that when, when we're going toward like increasing pleasure in our lives or like increasing fun or enjoyment or these kind of like pleasure oriented things that one of the walls we come up against is shame um, or the mm -hmm. sense that we can't have it. And so to like kind of alchemize that process by just actually leaning in to enjoyment, I think is like a type of muscle um, almost. And there is something alchemical that happens when we um, kind of interrupt the shame response and just let ourselves enjoy something fully and start to change those deeper narratives. Yeah, a million percent. And like for so many people, shame is so ingrained in our in our buildup and what we're taught. And if you can like rewrite them slowly over time, like which is what you do, you incorporate a little bit at a time. Like you're not just gonna like go, you know, all in at first. Um, just little practices of eating that donut, allowing yourself to experience and to really dive deep into that pleasure um, is really vital to change it into like getting out of that shame um, and freeing yourself, having food freedom and really just appreciating everything that you put into your body serves a purpose um, when we practice intention and mindfulness around food. And also keeping in mind that like everything is connected, like our brains, our stomach, our sacral, like everything through a, the vagus nerve, through just all everything in our body is connected. And when you intentionally think, I'm going to enjoy the fucking shit out of this. And then you're, <laughs> I don't know if I could say this, but your pussy opens. And, no, yeah, talk about it. <laughs> yeah, your stomach is like, oh, we're happy. And then your pussy's like, yeah, we're going to eat this thing. Let's go. Like everything just lights up and it slowly like, rewrites your cells rewrites your narrative rewrites your stories and allows you to be in full pleasure and like isn't that what life is about like pleasure like enjoying our existence enjoying everything so anytime that you can practice like oh I'm gonna love this spaghetti I'm gonna I'm gonna have a meal with my friends out in the world we're gonna have a drink or two we're gonna enjoy this your body's gonna light up instead of like come in on itself and be like, Oh, no, I can't do this. This is scary and hard. And I can't feel pleasure. And my stomach's gonna hurt. And this cheese affect me really bad. It completely yeah. changes that over time. Yeah. Yeah. So there's something around just like expanding and opening. Yeah. Um, yeah. What do you kind of notice about that process for people that you work with? Like, moving from that kind of like contracted, like fear, like something's wrong to this like open, expanded, like taking in more enjoyment. Yeah, I mean, it all starts honestly with what you put into your body. And like, you know, as you open up more, you start to see the change you want, not only in your body, but in your life. Things just open up because you're more open. You start to manifest things, they come to fruition. Once you start to like nourish your body and create pleasure and create excitement and 
you know, feed yourself, your heart and soul, your stomach, everything, things tend to open up. Like I have clients who like, you know, we'll start in a really like, you know, closed off place and be like, I can't eat these things. Like, it, you know, I, it's not, you know, that like friction around food, we start to incorporate very slowly. Maybe they have like a food that they see problematic, like once a week, just incorporate it and be really, really present with it. And like, just enjoy it. Like, instead of being like, Oh, no, I can't be like, Oh, yeah, I'm gonna and it's gonna be totally fine. And you know, I'm not gonna gain a million pounds. And I'm not gonna like hate myself afterwards. But I'm gonna really, you know, dive into the pleasure portal of it. Things just start to change exponentially, because then you start to also appreciate everything else in your life. Maybe you start noticing, you know, the flowers outside, and that creates a really positive vibration, a positive mindset. And maybe you have an amazing connection with someone that day. And maybe they have a connection to like this perfect job that you want or this apartment and things kind of like that, just they snowball. So at its core, nutrition and, and nourishment and pleasure are the the key, the, the main focal point of putting in what your body, what you want to see out in the world. Yeah. I love that vision of it. Um, the far reaching quality of it, because we can think about food and nutrition as something that's like really just kind of related to health. Um, but when you see it as actually like, it's the thing that sets in motion, all of this flourishing and expansion in our life in a kind of nonlinear, like, um, surprising way afterward. Um, I really feel that. Yeah. And like on like a base nutrition level, like when we eat with joy and eat things that are super nutrient dense and nourishing, like it may, like, I think what's daunting to a lot of people is like, I can't afford good food. Like, you know, it's really expensive to eat well, but when you like practice and like know how to shop and know what actually sits really well with your body, it's really not much more expensive to like fully nourish your system. Like you can nourish yourself off of legumes, which are super cheap, root vegetables, which are super cheap, like those kind of things that are so deeply nourishing, leafy greens like that, and then indulge every once in a while in a brownie or a treat that makes you light up and excited. Um, the way that I describe it to clients is like, what you're spending on food now, you will save in medical bills later. So like, as like a core nutrition and science tenant, I love to live by that, but also holistically, like when you're in your joy and you're engaging in your food and you're excited, your entire life changes overarchingly, like your relationships change because they're changing from food and they can also change with people, with your body, with your job, with the world around you, you see things differently. So like those two things like are key elements to why this practice is so important and vital because it literally governs everything else in our existence, in our, in our body, in our temple. Mm. Um, can we do like a meditation like you were talking about? Sure. I would love to. So I like to do this before um, any coaching call that I have. Like I will preface like, Hey, how do you feel about like a really short meditation just to like ground us in the space. Um, I often will do it around like a specific food or around like whatever the person is trying to, you know, change in body. Um, is there anything that you want to specifically focus on or do you want like a more general? Um, so I'm feeling into the listeners of this particular podcast who are, um, I think like you know, typically like mystically inclined, right? So we have like a strong, like upper chakra kind of like psych 
romantic, maybe like worldly vibe or connection. Um, and I'm sure a wide ranging, you know, relationships with food and whatnot. So I think about meditation. This is just like what's coming to mind is like, yeah, there's this level of intention or like connection or like third eye. Right. But then our intention or our attention can be brought down to sensation. Um, and mm. I think there's something, you know, a lot of what I think about with the type of astrology I practice is like, it's about incarnation, right? Like um, I work with reincarnation and like karma and things like that. But my orientation to like the practice of living is about really actually being here because when we try to ascend or get out of the body or like all of those things, like we're kind of ignoring or repressing the actual kind of lived experience that we're here to have. So I think a lot of, um, you know, my experience with my relationship with embodiment is like my energy is very cosmic and can be like up and out in some sense. And so I've had so much process around like coming in into my body more and then there's mm. so much sensation and pleasure and um like learning how to drop in right so when I think about like meditations I've done before eating or something like it's the magic of feeling that mm, I can use my attention and intention to come down further into my experience and then mm. there's like this sparkliness or like this depth of sensation and feeling that comes from bridging those worlds as opposed to um you know just not doing the meditation um so yeah I don't know if that helps like orient but that's kind of what my thought process was around food all meditation. right I feel like I'm uh I'm absorbing all those points and I'm kind of like uh coming up with like little things in my head. So this might be an interesting one, uh, but we can totally start. Do you want to start? Yeah. All right. All right. So just wherever you're sitting, you could be laying as well. Just make sure that your body is in a comfortable, safe place. Um, if you're sitting on a chair, make sure your feet are on the ground. And we're just going to root into our space. So I want you just to take a few deep breaths in through your nose, out through your mouth, in through the nose, out through the mouth. On the third breath in, just gently closing your eyes, in through the nose and out through the mouth. Ah. On this last breath, big deep breath in, through the nose, in, 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 as much as you can possibly breathe in and hold at the top. One, two, three, four. And breathe out with a sound. It could be any sound. Ah, ooh, ah. And after that breath out, just come back into your regular breathing, eyes closed body grounded, I want you to see in your third eye any kind of vegetable or fruit, something that resonates with you. Could be a sweet potato, it could be a radish, it could be an apple. I want you to breathe into that fruit or vegetable, maybe a mushroom. Take 
big deep breaths in and out into what you're seeing and visualizing and whatever you're visualizing, what does it look like? When you touch it, what does it feel like? Really breathing into that fruit, vegetable, fungi, embody it. And just keep breathing into that. And now I want you to imagine the seed of that fruit, vegetable, or the fungi, mycelium, starting out in the ground as a little seedling. It's a little seedling in the dirt. It's finding its way in the earth. You are that seedling. And you're being planted in that earth. And with the rain and the sunshine and the passing days, you start to sprout and spread your roots. And over time, you grow into a plant. Maybe you're an apple tree. Maybe you're a root vegetable waiting to be picked in the dirt. Maybe you're a mushroom that hasn't come up out of the ground yet. What does that feel like? What does it feel like to sprout those roots? What does it feel like to create the bark of that tree? What does it feel like to be that pear, that cherry? Maybe you're a carrot. Whatever resonates most deeply with you. And just think about the life cycle of that plant. The mushroom coming up from the dirt a little soybean coming up from the dirt and creating this beautiful green plant. The cherry tree that blossoms and grows over years and years to create fruit. What does that life cycle feel like? And one day, a beautiful farmer comes along and he gently asks, may I pick you? And you say yes. And he picks you from the tree, from the ground. And he brings you to a farmer's market. And maybe somebody walks up and buys you and, and prepares you with love and makes the most beautiful roasted sweet potato that's going to nourish them and they're gonna enjoy every bit of it and it's gonna give them the life force to go on with their life and to create more life and the cycle continues. What does it feel like to nourish that person? What does it feel like to be the, the life source, the source of life expanding? I want you to take three big deep breaths embodying what it feels like to be love, to be nourishment, to nourish others, to create life. Up through your roots, in, all, all the way to the top and out. Oh, I'm so thrilled to be love and nourishment and to nourish. In through the roots, 
feeling it in every cell of your being from your root chakra to your sacral to your throat to your third eye to your crown and out ah. one more big deep breath in through the nose through the roots through your entire existence of nourishment love creation and out through the mouth ah and just settling back into your space gently opening your eyes when you feel ready regulating your breathing what does it feel like to be love to be food to be the nourishment to be nourishing to create what does that feel like for you? And how can you implement those feelings into your day-to-day? -day? Thank you so much for that. I just went on a, a trip. <laughs> Good. Uh, I like taking people through the life cycle of a plant because also a big part of mindful eating is like, considering where that food comes from oftentimes we just eat an apple and we're like it's just an apple but it took a seedling it took a sprout it took a tree somebody picked it they brought it to your grocery store you bought it and then it nourishes you and that process is integral to gaining you know respect and gratitude for the process and for how much goes into the food that we eat and deeply nourishing our bodies. Um, so I like to have people embodied as the food that resonates with them to really understand and to like be that nourishment as well. Yeah, I don't know if I've ever done a meditation like that of imagining myself as the food. Like I think I've if I've done meditations, it was more like in my own human like Right. But there was something um, you said, sweet potato. That was like one of the first things that came to mind for me. So it was like, cool. That was um, like a psychic moment <laughs> um, Yeah, to like vision the same thing. But um, yeah, there was something really like sweet and loving about that. I've thought about um ways of say like honoring an animal that's being eaten mm, yeah <laughs> like being really present with like that animal having had a life um and with the vegetables that type of like storyline of going to the seed and like all of the different parts like does really induce this um bigger receptivity toward like the energy really where it's like a small you know, vegetable that maybe you can hold in, you know, one hand and it's like, um, I'm like, what, if it's like a giant squash, you need to like lug it or something. Most vegetables <laughs> could be held in your hand, but like, you know, it's this small, small ish thing. And it actually has like packed inside of it so much energy and life force. And I think the conscious recognition of that creates relationship and that relationship creates more space for that exchange to occur. It's kind of like even just interacting with people and passing, like if we're like not thinking about that person as like a whole, you know, multidimensional human and we're just like kind of um, 
have like blinders on, then we're going to have like um, a certain level of interaction. But if you're just like open um, and feel the divine mystery in someone that there's more that can happen in that moment. So as we were going through that meditation, I was having visions of like, um, maybe I don't need as much as I think I need. Like sometimes mm-hmm. like tuning into, you know, and not even like by that, I kind of meant the parts of me that are like searching for satisfaction or satiation in multiple ways in life and how the more that I can receive what I'm actually taking in, the easier it would be to be satiated. So there was like a kind of, um, it kind of opened up this desire to go slower in life or like I was seeing just like landscapes and I was like, oh, I like really want to be outside. Um, yeah. And there was something too, I think that the type of program that runs in my mind, that's a little bit like faster, wants to like do a lot of things and is trying to get things done. You know, it's trying to get fed in some sense. It's like, if Mm. I do all this labor, if I do all this work, then it's going to make things work out in my life and I'll like receive, like that is essentially the logic of it. Besides also like a creative voraciousness that like wants to make things like that's real too, but feeling into there are other ways to be connected to the like ecosystem of life um, that start with actually just paying attention to what's already there. Um, so That's yeah, such a beautiful that. realization. I'm like, <laughs> I love that. And I love how you just described it too. It's like taking it slower and like just allowing yourself to be in that presence. Um, and I think a big part of that practice and like, again, being intuitive, like the sweet potato came to you is like, whatever did come to you in that meditation, like go out and get it this week, go see, play with that fruit or vegetable or fungi and see what it's calling to you clearly. Um, intuitive, intuitively, your brain's like, pay attention. So within the meditation, it's screaming, pay attention. But I love that you took it further. And we're like, what ways in my life can I slow down and, and be more present and be in nature? And I think that's also the beauty of the practices. It makes you see like, things from a whole new perspective as well yeah thanks for guiding that for us I'm gonna make my pleasure people that listened like find us on like find where I post about this on Instagram and let us know in the comments what you saw in the meditation or like your experience it'd be cool to hear I'd be so curious I want to hear the plethora of different (laughs) produce things and whatever else came to your brain I love that it's so interesting um what comes to people during a meditation and like a very like unique and not typical meditation as well. It tends to be more Nidra, like small scale Nidra than it is like an actual like breathing meditation. Yeah. Yeah. And if, if I go on another like philosophical, like offshoot, there's something about like visioning a vegetable in my like third eye and like feeling into it and knowing that I can like literally just go to the grocery store and like go have it. You know, that I think that there's um, that type of consciousness that visions something and then halves it. Sometimes we're visioning things that may be farther away or we don't feel like we have like the power to like, you know, it's like some complex manifestation that takes a lot of things and may not be something we can just go directly have. Uh, And I think like getting really grounded with where where we do have agency to like go create the things that we desire and like that 
immediacy of it and then even fully receiving it and just what the ripple effect of that would be. Um, I think about that in a manifestation context, because if we're like always, you know, visioning things that feel uh, like it's up to other forces all the time and like, where's the gap of like, you know, what is here right now? Um, and I feel like food has that immediate rhythm to it in the sense that we do have to eat every day. Like it's a part of our organism, you know? And so our relationship with um, loving it and like aligning pleasure with it and feeling like we're fully receiving it could have amazing ripple effects in the rest of our life, as you were yeah. saying. A hundred percent. And yeah, again, it's like that immediacy of like, you know, manifestations do take time and sometimes it takes years for us to see them. And I love that, like, this is such an immediate gratification because it shows you that like, we're the creators of our, of our life. And we also like, we create and we, you know, are gifted creation. Um, and we can just like go to a supermarket and get that like crunchy green apple that I was imagining it. And you can then be like, man, my body, my mind was like, clearly you need to engage with this fruit right now take a bite and see what you feel and maybe you have the best idea of your entire life after that like I love that ripple effect it's amazing yeah I'm curious how you relate to um like appetite um as an energetic um because I think appetite um I've been thinking about this just in the context of it's like it's a cue that like we desire something um and I think about different times you know my relationship with appetite and where I got into the spaces of maybe trying to like control it. Um, I did have a time where I had like food addictions where I was just like kind of addicted to sugar. And so mm. I learned actually how to like curb my appetite by not eating any kinds of sugar for a period of time, not even fruit. Like I went really into like a process to, to change that addiction pattern. Um, and then I came back into opening up my appetite because now I can eat sugar and it doesn't make me feel crazy and I don't get back into that addiction cycle. Um, so I'm, I'm able to like enjoy a donut fully or like eat sugar and not feel totally unhinged, but I had this time with it. So appetite something that I've come to find like a friendly relationship again and feel like it's like an avenue toward fulfillment. But yeah, I'm curious what your thoughts are on appetite, like your own relationship to it or kind of what you see in, in client work. Yeah. So I have a voracious appetite. Like if I'm not hungry, I know something's wrong with me. Like there's maybe been like a handful of times in my entire life that I've not been hungry. And those have been times where it's like, I'm either deeply ill or something is tragically wrong <laughs> Like for me. And it's, you know, everyone's different. Our bodies are so unique and different. So like, whereas you like went through that like cycle of like the sugar addiction and like really like learning how to navigate that, like it's not going to be, there's no one size fits all for appetite. And so the best advice that I can give anyone in anything, you know, you know, within our bodies is don't listen to what anyone else is telling you. Like no diets, no you know, recommendations, like you can always like, you know, take things with a grain of salt and, you know, hear what people have to say. But at the end of the day, like our appetites are so unique to ourselves that just listening in is the best thing that you're going to do. So maybe you are starving in the morning and you're like, but I want to intermittent fast. And like, I have a really busy day, so I'm not going to eat breakfast. Like your body is screaming at you, eat something. 
So if you are like, okay, I don't really have time, but maybe I'm just going to grab a banana because I am starving and I'm allowing myself to eat this, you know, breakfast. That's the best thing that you can do is just truly listen in. Like when your body says it's hungry, it's hungry. You know, like maybe you just ate an hour ago, but maybe, you know, your metabolism is amazing. And like, you know, you ate fast, you know, uh, simple carbs that just went through you really quickly. You need to eat again and that's okay. And that's honoring your hunger cues. And also inversely, listening into when you're full and satiated and just really tuning into um, eating really slowly, chewing more than you think you need to because chewing is the first part of digestion and it actually preps us to digest. And it also breaks down the food so that your body can digest the best. And when you break down your food, your body kind of takes time to absorb it and then your hunger cues will happen and you'll be like, oh, I'm actually satisfied taking breaks in between eating. Like maybe you take three bites and then you take a, take a minute, take a breath, take a beat. See, check in. Like, am I satisfied? Do I need more food? Do I feel good? Do I not feel good? Like what's going on? And those check-ins and like listening to how your body is responding to food instead of just like shoveling down food or like not eating at all, when you respect your body, and you listen in, again, it's like that intuitive eating, that mindset stuff that like really helps you feel your most optimal, connects you with your body and allows you to gain that deep nourishment and nutrition from your food. Um, so yeah, everyone's appetites are completely different and it's really just about honing in on your unique individual body that's gonna be so crucial to this process. Mm, thank you. Um, and what are some uh, tips or advice you have about creating self-love through food? Mm. My, I think the biggest one for me, like self-love through food is just cooking yourself a meal. It doesn't have to be fancy. It doesn't have to be a Michelin star experience. Just make yourself some eggs and toast, make yourself like a really pretty bowl of cereal. And that will deeply nourish and like create a practice of self-love because you're nourishing your body um making your your plate or your bowl of food really beautiful beautifying is such a, we're such visual creatures when we make just like make a bowl of cereal sprinkle some beautiful whatever you got colors on it if you have some seeds and nuts and fruit just make it look really visually appetizing because that can take something from like Ugh, I have to eat the cereal, like just, I'm going to, you know, eat it mindlessly to making it really beautiful, getting really excited about what you're eating and have it be visually pleasing. And you're like, I did that. That was me. I made it really pretty. And then your body's like, I'm ready to eat. And that is self-love, like creating something really beautiful, a beautiful experience for yourself, cooking yourself a meal, nourishing yourself is like one of the most beautiful self practices that you can, that you can do, that you can create for yourself. I think that to me is like of the utmost importance is like if you can daily, if you can weekly, when you have time, sitting down to a meal that is solely for you, to self-love, like the same way you would take a bath for yourself, the same way you would get a massage for your pleasure. It's creating that pleasure and beautifying your food and being present with it, taking bites. And again, like being sensual about it sensuality is pleasure is self-love is this beautiful practice like if you're in your apartment alone you feel comfortable and you have the space to get really sensual with your food 
not only is that like taking yourself out on a date and like creating the self-pleasure, but it's just like fun. Like I'm, I will sit there sometimes and eat like the juiciest fruit and I'll be like, oh, this is amazing. <laughs> like literally just like fruit dripping down my face. Like let it let, be fun with it. Like have fun with it. Bring out your inner child, touch your food, play with it, make it beautiful, make it sensual, like rub it all around your mouth, like do whatever <laughs> feels really good to you. Um, and again, like the same way with appetite, food is so unique. Eat it the way that feels really good. If you fuck society norms, like eat with your hands. Like if you want to touch your food and really feel it, do that. If you want to eat everything in a spoon in a bowl, like that's what I do. Like I love love having food in a bowl if you know you have a specific plate or a specific spoon that you really love and makes you happy that also ties into this whole process like it's really just about taking every aspect around the experience and making it super fun enjoyable pleasurable sensual getting into it maybe you're dancing with your food maybe you're eating a banana and you're like i T-G-I-R-L, you know, like do whatever feels really good. And at the end of the day, like listen to your body. Your body is going to tell you everything you need to know and just enjoy the shit out of what you're doing and what you're experiencing, what you're eating is the best advice that I could give. Yeah, I don't know. I probably didn't tell you about like the little like lights that I see, but I see these little blue lights when people are talking when something's lit, basically. But like, I've seen them throughout this podcast, but like, you were just like getting into it. And I was seeing like lights sparkling around. Cool. You. Um, I love that. So yeah, just that kind of reminder. Um, to Just get messy with it. You know, get messy. Like, it's get crazy. It's kind of I mean, sensual, sexual, I don't know, just made me think about like connecting with um, like sexual and sensual energy and how it's, it is messy. Like it can be, you know, and just with food, it's another, I mean, archetypally in astrology, it's like the Taurus Scorpio axis, like Taurus relates a lot to food and Scorpio relates to sex and they're like opposite signs. Mm -hmm. Um, But just in a sense of like, opening to the play and uh, the receptivity of the mess of it as a way to let go of some inhibitions or just like conditioned, like, I don't know, like smaller pathways, I guess, of relating to food. Um, Yeah. And if you're listening to this and you're like, this is absurd, like I would feel so uncomfortable doing that. Maybe that is a call to challenge. Maybe you practice something that makes you really uncomfortable today. And like, maybe you take that apple and you like rub it on a nip, or maybe you just like, (laughs) do you like put it in your mouth and like feel it fully with your tongue? Like little things that like, maybe you step into something that makes you feel uncomfortable so that we're creating those small tangible things that you can build up to. And if you're listening, you're like, this, (laughs) this girl's crazy. Like, yeah, get a little crazy. Sometimes life can be fun when you're, you know, getting really into it and being goofy and silly and like creating that pleasure. It may feel uncomfortable at first, but I guarantee if you do it enough times, you'll flex that muscle. It'll feel totally normal. Yeah. I love that you say that. I think there's definitely people listening who are just ready to rub an apple on their nipples. Like they're just down, you know? (laughs) Hi, it's me. (laughs) Um, you know, let us know on social media if you do. Like yeah. social media right in the comments. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think just mentioning that it can be uncomfortable. Like I think um 
opening to sensuality, opening to play, opening to enjoyment brings up some stuff and to kind of be compassionate with ourselves through that and to like keep being in the practice as a way to um, befriend a lot of parts of ourselves that, you know, want to play and want to be in the fun and enjoyment of life. Um, and just to create the space to like, to work that and bring that out. Something yeah, that welcome I- to that space. Yay. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. Um, for the listeners, like how can people find you, work with you? What are the services you offer? Yeah. So my Instagram is real swim shady. Uh, I've had it forever. I can't seem to figure out a name. If you want to write in the comments, if you have a name that would be well suited for me, I would happily receive. Um, my website is melissaschwimmer.com. Um, I do all things private chef catering. I cook for retreats. Um, I do coaching around mindset, hormones, um, cycle syncing, um, kind of all encompassing in the coaching realm. And I just love connecting over food. So if you, if you want to just like chat about something you made, I will happily congratulate you on the beautiful dish that you made. So please yeah. feel free to You're reach so out. supportive of my Instagram stories. Like I and, love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, you made broth. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I know. And it was pretty. It was a gorgeous. Yeah. Truly beautiful. Like it was like a witch's pot of like the most beautiful herbs and mushrooms. Like I, I don't know if it, I think it was a story and I wish everybody could see it. Maybe you do a hard post about it, but it was like beautiful. Yeah. I can include it in like a little carousel <laughs> kind of for this episode. Um, Love it. Yeah, that, that broth, I was just craving conceptually. I was like, I really want medicinal broth. And I looked up mm. a recipe and I was like, this is so pretty. But as soon as it was just beautiful in the pot, you know, and I was like arranging it pretty before even turning on the heat. You were, Um, it was gorgeous. It like, it touched me. Like I was just like Mm -hmm. looking at how beautiful it was and it went like straight to my heart. It was like, this is truly a medicinal broth and, you know, but it was fun. Um, and I was also getting over a cold. So I was like really needing this kind of nourishment. Um, so yeah, it's that intuitive, the art project. Um, yeah, I, when I first met you, just got the sense that um, pretty much like anything that someone's going to talk about with food and like their relationship to it, that you would have some guidance or advice or insight. Um, Seems like you're very uh, just aware of a bunch of different types of people's like relationships to food and kind of how to meet them. Um, So it's such a personal process. I feel like, you know, our relationship with food is like profoundly personal Um, but yeah, if anyone's listening and they're wanting like a coach to help them with food stuff, um, it seems like it would be really transformative and a lot of fun to work with you. So thank you so much. I would love to work with every and all. So come hang out. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, check out, um, I'll leave the links to your, um, Instagram and website and stuff in the notes. Thanks so much for sharing this inspiration with us to go have fun with food and also to like vision the life cycle of the things we're eating which is like very psychedelic and magical um and transportive so thank you so much for sharing all that with us yeah thank you so much sabrina for having me this was such a pleasure talking to you same my pleasure